What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Brooke Barrett on the. Did I say that right? Yes, <laughs> Brooke <laughs> Barrett. Right. Okay, on the episode today, I'm so excited, Brooke. I'm just gonna toss it at you. Start wherever you like. Sounds good. And thanks for having me. Um, yeah. So I guess to start it off, we, my husband and I, were married um, August 2014. Um, after dating for about six years, so. Met- pretty young and had always kind of talked about having a bigger family um so we were married next month um so we about a year and a half into marriage decided um we were ready to start building our family um kind of knowing it could take a little bit of time but knowing we were ready so um we actually were really really lucky the first time around Um, we got pregnant pretty quickly and I had a wonderful pregnancy um everything was pretty textbook I just truly loved every minute of it I feel like I mean my friends would even tease me like even through the nausea and all of that I just was one of those women that loved being pregnant and I would tell everybody that I just enjoyed it I think I just you know knew how lucky we were and looking back it's almost like deep down I knew later on maybe we'd have issues um but obviously didn't actually know that so I just loved being pregnant loved the whole process everything went really well delivered my son two days before his due date so full-term pregnancy everything went great labored for about 17 hours before pushing so I mean it wasn't quick but everything went really well and my husband even teased me because I mean I went in planning on an epidural wasn't trying to do the natural route or anything but I was weirdly like enjoying the process like I even with my contractions and all of that um, when it was painful it was like I just was so proud of my body and just loved every bit of the whole experience so I did end up getting an epidural right at the end there, which was a good thing looking back because I didn't really know what was going to come. Um, but once we, it came to the delivery part, um, I did have some issues. My son was OP, um, which is like a occipital position or sunny side up, which is pretty common. Usually babies can turn, but we ran into some issues with that. Um, he was a pretty big baby. He was eight pounds and almost 22 inches. So I think he just didn't have the room to do that as he should so I did have a little bit of issues with that um we ended up having to do a vacuum and manual forceps and it was about four hours of pushing so kind of got crazy toward the end there but the moment I had him everything was great and the moment he was on my chest and I looked down at him it was all worth it and I already had told my husband okay I'm gonna be ready to do this again which was kind of funny for how <laughs> somewhat traumatic it was but it was just such a good experience so about a year later, we started talking about having another baby. Uh, we knew we wanted them pretty close together. Uh, my husband and his brother, his older brother, are just over two years apart and are really, really close and best friends. So that was kind of what we talked about wanting for our kids. So we wanted them close together. So at about a little after the year mark, uh, my son just a little bit after my son's first birthday, we decided to start trying again, just kind of assumed everything would go just as well as it had the first time. 
So it did take a little bit longer, but not terribly long. And we did find out we were pregnant again um, that August. So my, my son was born December 2016. So then that August, that or I guess after his first birthday, a year and a half later is about when we found out we were pregnant again that August of 2018. So Right at about a year ago from today, actually. So we, you know, started doing the math, figuring out how close they were going to be and everything just seemed perfect. I even, the first time when I found out I was pregnant, it was so unexpected since it was, I mean, we were trying, but it was relatively quickly. So I kind of just threw the pregnancy test at my husband and we, you know, were excited jumping up and down, but I had never really told him in some cute, you know, Pinterest worthy way that I had seen since then. So with this pregnancy, I was really excited to do the whole announcement thing and make it cute. So I remember I went and picked up my son and took him to go and get a big brother shirt. And that's how we told my husband when he came home, took him a little longer than he <laughs> would like to admit to even notice the shirt. But once he did, <laughs> once he did uh, I was like shoving my son in front of him like, okay, read his shirt. But <laughs> Once he did, um, he started crying. We start. I started crying. We were just so excited. It was one of those Pinterest-worthy moments. So it was all really, really great. It seemed like it was all falling into place. And, you know, again, didn't really expect anything could go wrong. I knew that was a possibility. But especially after you've had, you know, one wonderful pregnancy and healthy baby, I think that just seems so far from possible. Um, so it was pretty naive and started really planning ahead from day one and a couple weeks passed and then um, we were out actually to dinner for our anniversary and I started having cramping which I knew was not good and it got pretty intense pretty quickly so I went to the bathroom at the restaurant and yeah not a fun place to discover that um, but realized that I you know was most likely miscarrying um, was in shock, couldn't get out of the restaurant fast enough, got home. And I, I was pretty early. So I was only, I think we had known for about right at two weeks. So I was maybe six weeks along. So it was not fun, but, um, I did have what they call a natural miscarriage. So, um, passed everything at home, went in to confirm and, my doctor really wasn't that concerned, especially with having a healthy baby. She kind of just told me, you know, one in four women, this happens to, it just, you know, it was bad luck. It wasn't the right chromosome matchup, whatever the case may be. So didn't think at all that there could even be anything wrong. Um, and because it was so early, we actually hadn't told anybody about the pregnancy yet. Um, not even close friends or family. We were waiting to do a big Pinterest worthy reveal to them, I guess, as well. So um, since we hadn't told anybody, I feel like I kind of just pushed it in the back of my mind and just tried to move forward and told myself, you know, I just need to get pregnant again and it'll all be okay. This just happens sometimes. There's no reason for it. But I also think I, I like didn't let myself feel sad about it because I actually felt really guilty even feeling sad because I would look at my son and just know like, we were so lucky with him and like so many women try so hard to even have one. So who am I to complain or even feel sad for myself for this loss? Like this just, you know, one in four women go through this and I have this incredible son, 
that is the light of my world and how can I look at him and just feel anything but lucky so I think I kind of dealt with that with a lot of um, avoidance and denial and kind of just thought okay I'm gonna just be the best mom I can move forward pretend like this didn't happen kind of so and again no one knew so no one knew to ask so it was pretty easy to just pretend like it didn't even happen um so fast forward another few months and just after Christmas this last year um we found out we were pregnant again and crazy enough um my due date was going to be the first one and also our fifth year wedding anniversary so um coming up on that second due date also so that just felt you know like meant to be in a way I guess I thought you know like this baby is going to be coming when you know, we had suffered through this first loss, like this is the, you know, rainbow baby sent from that angel baby, like, I guess, however you want to look at that, I just felt like, okay, this is such a good sign. And um, it'll be the weekend of our fifth anniversary. What a wonderful time. Like, okay, everything makes sense now. Like, this is our baby. Um, So honestly, like, I was a little bit nervous having gone through one loss, but I really, really just felt so confident and was excited. Um, So Especially, I think, after we got past that, like, six-week mark where the previous loss had happened, I was feeling better. I told a few people, and um, the week of our eight-week ultrasound, I was actually out of town um, for work a few days earlier in that week, so our ultrasound was when I was just over eight weeks, and I, so I was a few hours from home for work and started spotting. And it was the day before the ultrasound. So I called the doctor and, you know, asked if I should rush home. And of course, they reassured me that, you know, that can be completely normal. Um, You're coming in anyway tomorrow. So we'll just check to make sure everything's okay. But they really reassured me that everything was fine. So I continued to spot that night um, and into the next day. So I know I was a little bit nervous going in, but I was more excited still than nervous. So I was really emotional and you know we've been counting down to that day for when we had decided we were going to announce um to France close friends and family at that point um a little earlier this time and so I was just really excited to finally tell everybody you know those few weeks seem like so much longer when you're that excited about a pregnancy and so that day was really bittersweet because it was you know one I'd been so excited for but I was a little bit nervous and I remember we went back for our ultrasound and we ended up being in the same room that we'd been in for my son's first ultrasound and I had actually looked at his his first ultrasound was right at the end of seven weeks into eight weeks and so I actually had looked at it that morning out of excitement to go through that again. And so I kind of knew what it had looked like. And when we ended up in the same room again, it just felt like a good sign. And I remember looking at the screen and seeing what looked really similar to what, you know, we'd had on our ultrasound on my son. So I kind of breathed a sigh of relief right away. And then, you know, what was probably seconds, but felt like longer. I, you know, look at the doctor's face and notice that you know she has a different look on her face and um that was when they told me that there was no heartbeat and she could tell that I had already started the process of miscarrying so because I had already had one natural miscarriage um you know we opted to try to do that again I mean it was obviously not fun the first time but I knew I could do it and I felt like I could get through that again and I really wanted to avoid a procedure if possible. So we went home and um, things progressed. And I learned pretty quickly that at least for me, those couple weeks did make a pretty big difference for what 
like that miscarriage process was like. So it was a lot more intense and a lot different than the first time. And I called the doctor. I don't even know how many times asking, is this normal? Is this normal? And um, they, you know, reassured me that up to two weeks, two full weeks of bleeding is actually normal. So I kind of just kept holding off for that two week mark. And when that came and I was still in a lot of pain and bleeding heavily, they had me come back in. Um, and at that point, we did Cytotec to try to further progress everything. Still thought we could, you know, get by without doing a procedure at that point. So I went home and um, I don't, I know it's kind of different for everybody, but for me, that really gave me full blown contractions. I, I felt like I was just in full labor. It, it was weird because it reminded me so much of my, you know, labor with my son, but it's just at this, you know, the time before it was so empowering and this time it was just it it was almost more painful even though I'm sure the pain wasn't actually as intense um just knowing that at the end you're not you know getting that little baby to take home just made it miserable so went through that for a couple of days and um I did pass the baby at home which was traumatic and awful um but then I still was bleeding so I ended up having to go back into the doctor Again, um, a few days later, they had told me one to two days is normal. But if you're, you know, it's not slowing down, that's not okay. So, and I was really dizzy and felt like I was going to pass out multiple times. So I, I knew it wasn't normal again. So I went back in for the third time and they did an ultrasound and found that I had some retained tissue. So I ended up needing to have a procedure after all, which was frustrating it felt like kind of a never-ending miscarriage because I I feel like I kind of went in a way through all three options so it was just so drawn out and I remember the week that um, I ended up having that procedure then it was actually the week I would have been 12 weeks a few days later and so again it was a day that I or a week that I you know been kind of counting down as you do so it was really bittersweet and just this one just hit me like a ton of bricks. It was just a whole different emotion. Um, and I, and I think just seeing the baby and just all of that just made it that much more real. And I feel like I actually kind of grieved both my first and second loss at that time. It was like, okay, you have the right to be sad. Like this is awful. Like, yes, you're still so, so blessed to have your little boy. And I know I'm lucky. And, but at the end of the day, like this sucks, it's okay to be hurt and upset and grieve. So I really like, let all the emotion out finally after that second one and then so I did go back into the doctor after everything and again they kind of told me you know we really think this is just bad luck where you had a healthy baby like one miscarriage is so common even two we generally think is bad luck I really think that's what's happening and I did you know push a little bit harder like I feel like something's wrong I just feel like my body's off can we do some testing so they they did do a couple basic blood tests but not not much and just kind of reassured me that you know chances are very very good that your next pregnancy will be fine like you just need to you know try again and as far as timeline I know there's mixed info on this but um, I did talk to two doctors and they both had told me that after one cycle or as soon as we were ready we could start trying again and I remembered reading somewhere or hearing somewhere that even some people think if you conceive those first few cycles, there's better chances or, or better outcomes. So we went home and, um, you know, waited for cycle to return. And then after that first one, you know, it was some, we knew, we knew I wasn't maybe 
fully emotionally ready, but felt like, okay, this is something we want so badly. We've been trying for so long at this point. And again, doing the stupid math of, okay, they're already going to be, you know, this much further apart than we'd wanted in our dream plan. Um, So we decided to try again after that next cycle. And the week that I was expecting uh, my cycle to return, I did start bleeding actually about right on time. And I remember actually being relieved at that point like even though we tried I realized in that moment like I am not ready like I can't I can't handle this so it felt like almost a blessing in disguise at that point but after a couple days I think two or three days of of kind of lighter bleeding which you know your cycle can be so weird after losses so I didn't really think much of it but it stopped completely which I thought was a little weird so I took a pregnancy test sure enough it was positive so I just broke down like so confused and honestly kind of angry at that point like why is this happening like I thought things were on track and it was the first time in my life that I you know had taken a pregnancy test and was wanting a baby so bad but was like angry to see that result which was just confusing um so I called my doctor we started running blood work and actually my HCG continued to double for the next it was like one or two weeks But my progesterone was very, they did test my progesterone also that first day. And it was very, very low. It was a 2.2 when, you know, it's supposed to be like 4 to 40, but like 10 is ideal, I I think. So that wasn't a great sign, but my HCG kept doubling and my numbers were really high. Um, But I did have some weird kind of pains with that. So we actually at one point thought I was having an ectopic pregnancy. I had one night where I had such sharp pains that I was just doubled over and ended up going in the next morning and um, they did an ultrasound and found that I had had a ovarian cyst rupture. So it was not ectopic, thankfully, um, but I did have that. But at that same time, we could tell things weren't how they should be at that point. So shortly after that, I started bleeding again and HCG started going down and I was going through yet another miscarriage, which like the only positive side of that third one was I just didn't even let myself really like get excited about it. But honestly, I also felt guilt with that because I kept thinking in the back of my mind, okay, if this is our baby, like I have to like know that I'll have to live like his or her life knowing that I wasn't even excited for, for that. But you know, I don't know. The mom guilt does strange things to you. So that was kind of confusing, but yeah, so the third one, um, I did go through naturally again. Um, that one was, you know, I feel like I was kind of miscarrying from the beginning with that one. Even though my numbers were going up, it just didn't feel like it ever really progressed. So that one, at least physically, was a little bit easier aside from the confusion with the ectopic. But emotionally, I, it was just like, I was still picking myself up after the second. And it was so raw that it just like knocked me right back down. And I just really struggled at that point um, and was demanding testing then. And luckily, you know, they're more than willing after three typically to refer you. So we did go to an RE a few hours away. Uh, So we had an appointment. Luckily, we got to go in pretty shortly after that. I think it was about a month and a half later. And we did all the blood work and testing and all of that. Um, And I remember thinking it was kind of odd as we were running through my, you know, folder of paperwork and ridiculous amount of questions and Dr. Google searches and all of that. 
Uh, I remember her stopping me when I was talking about uh, my delivery with my son. And I thought that was odd because I had never thought that would have anything to do with anything. Um, we were both obviously fine, but she did ask a lot, a lot of questions about that and wanted to see more detail on that and recommended that we do a sauna histogram um, as soon as we could in my cycle, which I think was a week and a half or two weeks later. So a sauna histogram is, Similar to like an HSG, I believe that's pretty common, but they, they insert a catheter and fill your uterus with saline to kind of look at the shape and look for fibroids, a septum, anything abnormal. So we went ahead and did that procedure and that was uncomfortable, but it looked like most things were looking good. Um, but she did hesitate on something and I don't even remember exactly how she described it but she asked because we were a few hours from home she asked kind of you know do you need to get back I would like I would recommend going ahead and while you're in town if we could follow up with the procedure I don't even remember what she called it but basically go back in and remove tissue for biopsy um so I heard biopsy and immediately you know was like, okay this doesn't sound good but I don't even think I asked many questions I was just you know how uncomfortable those <laughs> procedures are anyway. I was just kind of trying to get through it, not really sure what was going on. And the procedure then was definitely more painful. Uh, so I was kind of just holding my breath and trying to get through that. And so then I remember going home and yeah, I was like, I can't get on Google. I know what it's going to show up. I need to just wait, wait for these results. Like got, Google's wonderful, but also goes immediately to you have cancer. So like, I'm just going to not even search. So I don't even know exactly what she saw even to this day or what led her to do that. But she did call um, just under a week later. So that was a long week again. But she called and said, you know, that it was non-cancerous. So that was wonderful news. Um, but they did find um, that I had endometritis. So not endometriosis, which is, I think, more common or I had heard of. Um, it's endometritis. So basically, it's an infection um, in your uterus or in your endometrium lining. So basically, long story short, she thinks with all my tearing and the kind of rough labor I had with my son that there was a buildup of scar tissue in there that um, was pretty significant and caused this infection. And apparently, this infection is linked with higher chance of miscarriage because you have issues with um, the embryo implanting, since that's where it's supposed to be implanting at. And then obviously your body's trying to fight off an infection, which isn't exactly ideal for a new embryo. Um, so the good news was that it was a possible answer. Of course, we will never know for sure. So that's scary, but we did find something in our testing. So after, um, after that minor surgery, then all I had to do was be on antibiotics for 20 days, which seemed crazy that if this is the cause it's such an easy fix but again we don't know for sure so um I'm like I like to think that's what it was and our RE was pretty optimistic that it could be um so we went ahead and treated that and then because my progesterone was so incredibly low with that third loss um she started me on it right after ovulation which before I'd been taking it just at a pregnancy test and you know, she explained that you really need to be taking it sooner than that. So basically, yeah, the long story short of that consultation and all of the testing and procedures is we're hoping it was this infection that we've now cleared and I'm on progesterone. Other than that, I guess we're just supposed to <laughs> hope that that's the answer and just praying that 
this next one is our triple rainbow baby and um yeah just ready to make my son a big brother he wants to be one so badly he loves Aww. babies I talk about <laughs> it all the time so I just I want that almost as much for him as I do for us. Yeah, absolutely. I, oh my gosh, that's exciting news, actually. Like, just that like a thing. Yeah, I know, right? That's so exciting. (laughs) Something's wrong with you. Well, that's why I was so nervous for it. They say like 70% of people that go through the recurrent miscarriage panel have no answer. So it's like, I'll take a possible answer over nothing different. At least Mm -hmm. you're doing something different. I guess for sure now if you had any piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation what would it be I feel like my biggest advice would just be to let yourself feel whatever you need to feel grieve however you need to Um, each of my miscarriages was so different in the physical sense but also like my emotional response was so different and just the way I grieved and felt and what I needed for support was different so I think just knowing there's no one right way to go through something this devastating. So just be gentle with yourself and know it's okay to feel anything you feel and you're not alone. Yeah, I love that. There is no one right way. That's perfectly said. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, Brooke, where could they do so? Um, I'm on Instagram at brooke.barrent, and that's probably the best, best place to reach me. Awesome. And I'll link that in the description. Thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story. And I'm so happy that you did get some answers. And let's just like fingers crossed that that's it. Yes. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. We'll talk with you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.